amazing. So we're continuing uh, the, the share of Chavis Atomidim. So the Rebbe was telling us last time that the, the main issue, the Rebbe was explaining to us that the main issue is we need to take responsibility, we need to understand the next generation, and the only way to really take responsibility and fix anything in the next generation is when we really understand the next generation. If we don't really get who they are, and we don't really understand what they're dealing with, and we don't have the ability to be able to fix anything and to be able to communicate with them properly. And the Rebbe explained to us last time that the main issue, the main issue, and really the source and the core of all other issues that, that the generation deals with, and he's both referring to us, our generation and the children that we're going to be dealing with, the main issue is independence before maturity. That a child basically grows up thinking that he already has it all figured out before he actually has it all figured out. And the child thinks that I understand the way the world works, I understand what's important in life, I understand how to, how to run things, and therefore, I don't need to rely on any authority. I don't need to ask anybody. I don't need a Rebbe. I don't need a Mashkiach. I don't need a Mashbia. I don't need parents. I don't need mentors. I don't need anybody. I have it all figured out. Nobody can tell me what to do. And the Rebbe explained to us that there's two main issues that come from this, from this sense of independence before maturity, this desire to be on their own before they actually get mature. Issue number one is that they hate authority, right? If you feel like you have it all figured out and you feel like you already understand the way the world works and somebody comes along and tells you something, even if he tells you the same thing that you already thought, but you already said, I don't need you. I don't need you to tell me anything. And especially when the person tells you the opposite, and tells you that what you're thinking is wrong, you say, Mechatesi, I know, I have it figured out, I've been in this world in many years, you know, 14, 15 years, or 20, 30 years, and I have it figured out, I understand the way the world works, and therefore I don't need to rely on you. And it, and it leads to, it leads to a, a sinna between the child and the parents, or the child and the Rebbeim, when the child feels like he has it figured out already, and the Rebbeim are coming and stepping in his territory, and Arthira is sort of the... You know, mashkiach trying to get involved, the policeman getting involved and telling them what to do when they already feel like they have it all figured out. And that leads to a massive breakdown, huh? I feel like it's the story of everybody here's life. Right. That, and it, he, but he's telling us what's the core of it. Why, why do we have such an issue with authority? Why, why is there such a breakdown between our generation and the generation before? Because we feel like we know what we're talking about and the generation before is over the hill. Mamish over the hill. They don't understand it. Right? You what? You like authority? I love it. You love authority. Fancy is that though. Yeah, you, know, you are. The, you only love it when you are. But uh, that's the issue. The issue is that every child thinks he's the authority, and that's why he hates anyone else who's the authority. But he loves the authority when he's the authority. That's issue number one. Is they basically say, "I don't need anybody else. I have it figured out." Issue number two. Issue number two is that they they make life decisions based on a lack of foundation. Every child, the way it's supposed to work is that the child's supposed to be coming with a blank piece of paper, the way he gave his marshal a blank piece of paper. Slowly, he's able to build up his ashkafas. He's able to get, you know, the way the, the world is supposed to work, able to get pieces and pieces and pieces, getting all the pieces of the puzzle. And then when, when he has a foundation, when he has gesoitis that are there already, then he can go ahead and make decisions about who to marry, what type of job to have, what type of children he should be, you know, what his approach should be with his children. Then he can make real life decisions. But if the child has no basis, the child never, never, you know, picked up the basic pieces of the puzzle and he's already making decisions because he already thinks that he has it figured out so then obviously it's going to lead to terrible decisions being made because the child thinks that he got it and I don't need to rely on anyone and he's missing basically everything those are the two main issues that he said and now today he's going to explain to us exactly so what do we do with that issue right now that we understand the issue understand the core of the issue and then we understand what proper chinech is that we spoke about at the, at the beginning proper chinech is you know the child based approach so now we have to figure out okay this, this is the reality he said I'm not coming to explain to you why the reality is this way you know why this should change, but this is the reality. This is, huh? It's irrelevant. What the reason it's, right, it's irrelevant what the reason is and why Hashem made it that our dar. This is Ikvis and the Meshicha. This is our dar. This is what the Chutzpah is. It's independence before maturity. Now let's figure out, okay, so what do we do with it? This is going to give it to us today an unbelievable tool to figure out how do we deal with that. And it's going to help both for ourselves, again, because we're really on both sides of the fence, right? We're both 
the generation that he's referring to as the generation of chutzpah, because right now we all you know have people on top of us who we're supposed to be looking up to, right? And at the same time, we're also all either parents or hopeful parents of children and rabbeim and mashpim of the next generation, and we also have to figure out, okay, so now this is our issue we dealt with, and this is why, like I was saying, we hate authority, so let's figure out how we can start, you know, getting, getting, it, getting it back right, and then we'll figure out how to pass it over to the next generation. So he says like this, Amnachter, up the page, Tezayin. Yeah? If, if, we would, if we would get to the, the map of what happened to the child, this is the child that we're dealing with, the problem child, quote unquote, the child that's not listening to authority. If we got, if we got to the essence of who the child is, no child ever goes off the derech in one action, right? Every child that says, yeah, my Rebbe hit me and I went off the derech. says this is not true. Nobody goes off the derech in one action. It doesn't happen. It's a slow process which takes place. I have a friend who uh, was in yeshiva and he told me, much of it was a, I think it was a serious story that uh, his, Rebbe, his Rebbe hit a, someone in his class and the kid pulled out a necklace from his pocket and he put the necklace on. He's like, I'm going off the derech, right? Like he was ready, he was ready. He was just waiting for the Rebbe to hit him to go off the derech. Now he has an excuse, he can write it down. This is why I went off the derech. He's good to go. Pulls out the necklace, right? So it doesn't work like that. The, the PSS says, no kid ever goes off the derech in one action, right? No kid suddenly just has a tie, he takes out his phone and he's on his phone. It doesn't happen like that. To go to the theater, it doesn't happen automatically. The Gemara tells us how it happens. It sort of tells you, push a little bit further than your boundaries are right now. And he pushes you a little bit past your new boundaries that you made. Slowly but surely, you break down all the boundaries until you find yourself you know, being Mechal Shabbos, Khalil. Before Riyata, Rayim Begamar, Rakashavak, Kfar Lassis, Esa Maisim Aram, Rahmanal Etzlan. Loiba Avera Chamur, Maschabat Khil. The Yetzer doesn't begin with Averis Chamurs. He knows that he can't get us with Averis Chamurs. He begins with blurring the lines between black and white. He begins with creating these gray areas where it's not so clear it's Aser. It's not so clear that it's something terrible, but it's. It's a little iffy, and then the iffy gets a little bit more iffy, and the iffies start growing bigger and bigger until, until the iser actually comes. Slowly, even before the eitz already gets you to do that first iffy thing, that first great area. Even that doesn't happen automatically and quickly. It begins as a slow process. Slowly, something's taking place. There's a shift which is taking place inside of the child, which is getting his ashkafas are, are getting shifted around. There's things inside of him. It's, it's issues with authority, whatever his issues are. There's something inside of him that's that's rubbing him the wrong way. But he's still a goody goody. He's still doing everything that he's supposed to be doing. And then slowly he feels like, okay, this has been sitting inside of me, you know, brewing up inside of me for the past few, you know, few months, years, or whatever it is. Slowly he says, okay, now I can, you know, act based on my feelings. He pushes himself a little bit further, and slowly he finds himself on a slippery slope. Right, referencing the the pasuk of the kain talking about talking about the tzaras and the bais kinega nearly bais rak kinega nega ve'en nega I don't see an actual nega I see something which is the beginning of something taking place in the child umemenem of tzatzas machshava dakam and adaka lestakal ala torah va'avoda kal diver nivzebatlans and slowly he starts thinking about torah and avoda as something which is silly v'alo'elam achitzoni shall haylulos ba'aras ubechuzis kiyaf avatayv and he looks at the outside world. And he starts to see it as something which is enticing, something which is good. So he hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't made any actions. He hasn't stepped into the outside world. But slowly his view of the world and his view of the terror world has changed. Something shifted inside of him that most, you know, the average person won't be able to see. The kid's still going to yeshiva. He's still davening. He's still keeping Shabbos. Everything looks good. But inside of him, 
his desire of where he wants to be and what he feels is important in life shifted. And suddenly the outside world looks like the good world and the inside world looks like the world which is not that great. And this beginning of the shift can happen from anything small. Again, we're talking about a child who doesn't have his yisaitis already set up. We're talking about the beginning of a child's state of, stages of development. So something shifted inside of him and slowly he starts moving off. Nobody's able to recognize that there's been any change in the child. It's all taking place inside. Slowly he gets to the place where he's eating his own flesh. If we say kol rash nishma, and suddenly you're like, whoa, what happened to this child? Right? Six months ago, the guy was sitting in yeshiva, everything was good, he was doing well, and everything, he was showing up to all star and coming up to all, you know, to all davening. Suddenly, six months later, he's in front of 7 Eleven every night. What, what happened? How'd that change take place in six months? Zakti Beir said it didn't take place in six months. It took place over five years. It took place, it was a slow process. It was a process which was taking place inside of the child, and that's why we're going to have to we're going to have to figure out. And the Pesach told us, I think two or three weeks ago, that every child that ever went off the derech and every child that's ever have having any issues with authority was at one time in the system. It was at one time within the four walls of the yeshiva or the Beis Medrash or the school system. He was at one point within. So if we can figure out how to really get to the core and how to be able to talk to the child before this issue. It starts to fester too much inside of the child and turn into something which is leading to the world of actions. And then we figured out, okay, how do we how do we make sure that something that we're able to talk to the child in a way where it doesn't lead to this place? But if you don't get it, so we're not going to see anything in the outside. The child looks good. And again, what's the rebbe? The rebbe who has a who has a who has a rebbe based chinuch mahalach. His model is based on are the children listening? Is everyone following my rules? So then this kid is sitting in a seat. This kid's doing what he's supposed to be doing. The rebbe's happy, but the rebbe doesn't realize that something's taking place. Is a shift. Taking place inside of the child, which he needs to be able to, he needs to be able to communicate with the child properly and be able to deal with. So, if the rebbe is not the chenach lanar al pidarka in the proper way, which the pesach told us is the only way of, to do chenach, if the rebbe is a rebbe-based mahalach, then the kid's good. Up until three months ago, he's coming to yeshiva every day. Everything's good. Suddenly, he shifted, and I don't know what to do. I don't know how that happened in three months. Because that's the thing, it didn't happen in three months, it happened in three years. You just weren't in touch and in contact with the child in a real way that he felt that you understand him. And therefore, these shifts which were taking place inside of him weren't shifts which he was comfortable enough talking to you about. And therefore, the things were taking place inside of him were things which he kept inside, he never spoke to anyone about. And the mail of that led him to the place that he's there now. You were just happy that the fact that up until three months ago, he was sitting and learning and sitting and sitting in a seat because you're not, you're not the Chanaich Lenar Pidarka Rebbe, you're the Rebbe who's worried about are all the kids following the rules. And therefore, suddenly everything goes crazy. Suddenly everything, everything falls apart. And it doesn't happen like that. It happens slowly in a slow process. And we need to figure out how to grab onto the child, how to talk to the child and communicate with the child in a way where he feels like we get him before he falls into this place of Ba'ar Shachas. Right, somebody told me, uh, I was in... Uh, Three, four years ago, somebody told me that uh, the Chazan Ish one time asked somebody, a Bachar came to the Chazan Ish to talk to him about something totally different. I don't know what he came to talk to him, maybe a Shailah. And the Chazan Ish asked him, he said, how is it, how is it Chayach? Mamash asked him the Shailah. He said, how is it Chayach that you can have somebody who Mamash, you know, was sitting in Yeshiva one day, was learning in Panovich, everything was going well, and six months later, the guy's Mamash Mechal Shabbos Befahasya. How's it happened in six months? The guy makes such a radical shift from sitting and learning three-star Monday in Panovich to being Mechal Shabbos in the streets of Bnei Brak. You got an answer to the Chazan Eshev. I don't really know if it's a rhetorical question, right? Whenever big rabbis ask you questions or tzaddikim, you, you never answer them because most of the time they have the answer and they're trying to bring off a point. But he didn't answer the Chazan Eshev. You didn't know what to do. So the way I heard the story was he 
Chazanish didn't give him any answer. And he left. That was like, whatever. He finished his meeting and the Chazanish like, made it clear that the meeting was over and he went back to his, uh, he went back to his yeshiva and his mom was bothering him because he felt like maybe the Chazanish was trying to like, give him a message. Maybe he was telling him that he's like, going to go off to Derech in six months and there's like a nevuah. His mom was bothering him for the next two, three days and all he said, he's going to go back to the Chazanish and the Chazanish like, what do, you, what do you want from me? Like, why were you telling me this? this why do you ask me this question? So he goes back to Chazanish and he says like, you know, like Chazanish, like, what, what, what were you trying to, uh, what were you trying to hint to me with that question? So he says, I wasn't trying to do anything. I was trying to, I was trying to have, get into the conversation to discuss this idea with you and to discuss where I think the issue lies. So he asks the Chazanish, he says, okay, so what's, what's the answer to the question? So the Chazanish says, it's very posh. The Chazanish says exactly what the PSS said. He says, there's a breakdown in Amunah which happens inside of the child, inside of this Bachar learning in Yeshiva, which breaks down months and months, if not years before the child ends up being Mechal Shabbos Befrasya. And it's a slow process which is breaking down in the child, which doesn't allow the child to be able to, and, or this Bachar doesn't express itself properly, doesn't talk about it with anyone. What happens is this problem festers inside of him until eventually he finds himself in the streets of Bnei Mark being Mechal Shabbos. So Chazanish said, what's the Eitzah? This is not the Eitzah that Pietzessa gives, but it's just the Chazanish, it's an unbelievable member from the Chazanish. This is, this is why I heard the story, was for this point. The Chazanish said, the Eitzah is, a person needs to work on the Muna constantly. So he says, how do you work on the Muna constantly? So this is what the Chazanish said. The Chazanish said, when, a, when you walk into a, uh, when you need to buy a new pair of shoes, and you're walking into a store to buy a new pair of shoes, right? I guess if you're going online, if you're going online nowadays, Chazanish said, the way you have to do it is the following. Chazanish said, before you walk into the store, stop and say, Rabbanish Lalem, I need a new pair of shoes. My shoes are too tight. My shoes are ripping. I want something new, something nice. Please help me that when I walk into the store, I find something that's within my price range and something that's nice. Amazing. You walk into the store, you look around, you find a nice pair of shoes, and you ask the salesman, do you have these in a size 10? So he says, yeah, let me go back to the store and check. Let me go to the back of the store and check. Chazanish said, when he goes to the back of the store and checks, I really hope that he has the right pair. I like the shoes. It's within my price range. It looks nice. It's perfect. It's the right balance. Everything's great. Please help that he actually finds it in the back. Fine, he finds it, he brings it up. Before he tries it on, you tell the Rabbanu I don't know if you have to say this out loud. You can say this to yourself in your head. Rabbanu please tell that they actually fit, and the size 10 is the right size, and it fits me well, and it feels comfortable, and I'm happy with the shoe. Amazing, he tries it on, everything goes well. Same thing, you go to the counter, say Rabbanu please help that my credit card doesn't get declined. Right? For some people, this is more of a tefillah, like more of a reality than not. But, uh, you know, Rabbanu please help that everything goes well, I'm able to pay, it'll be fine. And then you walk out of the store. Zarek Chazanish, what do you do? You just, instead of, ala- instead of you know, getting to this issue where you're dealing with questions on Amuna for months and months and months and years until it leads to Chil Shabbos Befarhasiyah, what you did is you're working constantly on your Amuna. You're on the offensive as opposed to the defensive, right? When you're, when in the world of, of, when you're in the world of Amuna and in the world where the Rabbanishlam is a regular part of your conversation, so you'll ensure that, yeah, you don't fall into that place where there's issues which are, you know, your relationship with Hashem is slowly eroding over time. It slowly, you know, gets to the place where six months ago the guy was in Panovich and six months later the guy's being Mechal Shabbos Befarhasiyah. As the Chazanish said, that's what I'm trying to tell you, is that if you don't work constantly in your Amuna, then, then, then this is what happens. Because there are things which take place inside of us. This is what the PSS are saying. There's things which take place inside of us that if we don't work on them, and if you don't talk to people about them, if you don't talk to Hashem about them, if you don't work on them, slowly those, those thoughts, those machshavas, those ashkafas which take place inside of us, which don't seem to be leading to action at the beginning, will eventually lead to actions. And it's important that we grab them you know, we grab them by the horns, mamash at the beginning, and we know how to deal with it at the beginning so that we don't end up, we don't end up falling to this place of barashachas. Therefore, that's what Piyasas is saying. You want to deal with the children, you have to figure out how to communicate with them, but don't only figure out, okay, how do I communicate with the guy who went off the derech, right? Am I the type of guy who can go and, you know, schmooze with the chavro off the derech? The, the, the Piyasas is saying, 
let's back up three years, let's back up four years, when the guy was still in the system, within the yeshiva, are you able to talk to him in a way that he can relate to you? Talk to him in a way that you understand him, you get what the issue is, you get this independence before maturity? Or did you miss the boat and you, got, you only caught up on the boat once the guy's already out of the yeshiva and you're like, whoa, what happened? It says, it says, grab him before it's too late, understand him, communicate with him, and then you'll be able to stem the, uh, stem the tide and figure out how to really deal with the issues before they turn into issues which are now seen in Chitzenius and not just in the world of Pneumius. Where does this begin? Like the Beit told us last week, it begins with the feeling of Yeshus, the feeling of I have what it takes, I understand the world and I don't need to rely on authorities. And that, that's where it begins. Kivin Shanasi Yesh the child becomes an independent being on his own, or he thinks that at least. Vesnagdas af sina. That says Bikirboy Neged Avid, right? He has a he has a snagdas and a sinan can I get his parents? Rabbisev Umachanchav. Anyone that's trying to tell him anything, any authority, he has an issue with. Loirak negdam is Now he adds one more point, which is the key point. It's not only against the parents or the Rabbayim or the Mashkichim that he has an issue with. Not only them. What happens is he starts hating the subject that they're teaching also. And that's where the real issue lies, is that, okay, he has an issue with authority and he doesn't like the people that are telling him what to do. That's fine. But what he does is he throws the baby out at the water. He starts to hate the subject that they're teaching, which is Yiddishkeit. And he starts to say, okay, I hate this person because he's telling me what to do. And I will say what he's teaching me because I associate my Yiddishkeit with the person who's the authority figure. And I don't like authority figures because authority thinks that they know better than me and I have it all figured out. And what happens is that, that's where the breakdown in the child and Yiddishkeit goes because the, the issue we're dealing with is not a really a Yiddishkeit issue. It's nothing to do with, with the Rabbi Islam at all. It's only, only an issue that the child has with authority. But because the child associates, his only, his only connection to Yiddishkeit is through this Rebbe, Mechanech, parents, these, these are the people that are the ones that are giving him over Yiddishkeit. So he associates all of Yiddishkeit with, with negativity because all of Yiddishkeit has to do with authority. He doesn't like authority. So what he does, what, what he does is, is instead of just hating his Rebbeim and keeping, keeping connected to Yiddishkeit, he throws out the baby with the water and he hates Yiddishkeit and his Rebbeim. And that's where he finds himself into the, in this world of Barashachas. So what's, what, what's the Teitzah of everything we're saying? In the earlier generations, it was easier for the Mechanchem to be Mechanach the children. Even if, he didn't, even if he wasn't really a child-based Chinach approach of Al Pidarkai, even if he wasn't the greatest Mechanach, he was able to get the children to follow, to be Mragal, to be Mitzavah it would still work. Why? The child had a nefesh nekiyah. The child understood. The children of the of the previous generations were hungry and thirsty to hear from the people from people above them. They wanted to accept from the generation before them. I said, I want to hear from the people that are closer to Moshe Rabbeinu, people that are closer to Arsina. I want to hear what they have to what they have to offer, the life experiences that they know. I want to I want to I want to take from them. I want to be yonik from them. Now, even though the worst situations were obviously the children rebelled and didn't listen, he understood and he felt afterwards that I did something wrong. Because he understood that at the end of the day, my Rebbe, 
and my mechanic, and my mashpi, and my parents know better than me because at the end of the day, I'm a little child, right? I'm 20, 30 years old. I don't have everything figured out. There are people that know more than me. So even, even when he rebelled against them and did something which his Rebbe told him to do A, and he did B, at the end of the day, after he did A, he felt bad about it because he knew that probably my Rebbe knows what he's talking about. And probably my Rebbe has more experience than I have and he's more, he's more in line with Das Tarun, he probably knows what he's talking about, and I did the wrong thing, so he felt bad about, about it. They understand that they're the, they're the ones, the, the one who's his Rebbe, is Mechanech, they're the ones that's a Tzadik. He says, okay, from now on, I realize I made a mistake, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. From now on, going forward, I'm going to listen to them, because I understand that they have the, the right ways, right? This happened to me plenty of times, right? My Rebbe told me something, and I was like, yeah, okay, fine, maybe, yeah, right? And I think I really know a little bit better than my Rebbe, and I take the other approach. And either I realize right after that it was the wrong thing, or three months later, it's not only clear to me, like, hey, Taka knows what he's talking about. Taka has a little bit more experience than me. I don't have enough life experience. He knows what he's talking about, and uh, I should have listened to him and made the right decision. So you feel that feeling of, okay, I, I, I don't listen properly to the people that know better than me. And slowly, because this child is a makabel, he's willing to accept from authority, he's willing to accept from the people that know better, he's makabel to become a Yehudi Everybody was Oyvdi Hashem, everybody was living in the world of Oyvdi Hashem. But that's what we're saying, that's where, that's where things have shifted. The Yeshusha, the, the, the feeling of Yesh, the feeling of I have things figured out of the child is it starts getting big before it's time. All of his hashkafas, everything's created, everything's built before, you know, while it's still in its beginning stages. And because of that, now there's a breakdown between the generations. The younger generation hates the older generation and feels like they don't get us anymore. Instead of becoming Bnei Taira and Oivdi Hashem, they become our enemies. Right, they make fun, they make Lutzan instead of us, and out of and out of the umnas, out of what we're trying to teach them. Shlaim Melech saw that all originally. Therefore, the Eitzah is, you need to figure out how to be a real Mechanach. If this is the issue with the generation, that they're not interested in being Mechabal, that they think that they have it all figured out, that they don't want to hear from you, the Eitzah is, the only Eitzah is, the Eitzah Shalom HaMelech gave us. Be a Mechanach. Figure out how to talk to the child based on where he is. Alpi Darkai. Where he is. This is the reality. This is what we're dealing with. There's no, there's no, you know, like you said, there's no, we're not discussing why it happened. This is the reality. If you want to be able to be a successful Mechanach, Parent mashpia. If you want to be able to figure out how to give over the proper message to the next generation, figure out how to talk to them where they are. Alpidarka, where they're holding with this issue that they're feeling, this issue of yeshus. Figure out how to use it to their advantage. And that's what we're going to talk about next time: is to figuring how to use it to their advantage. And that's going to be his key. You know, his key eight to how to do it is figure out. Okay, this is what their issue is. Now let's use it to their mile. Let's you know, let's not use it against them, but let's use it to their advantage. Let's use it in a way which will bring them better. When you're able to do that, then even when the child grows older, the child's still within the system. The child still respects authority. The child, child still loves Yiddishkeit because he was given it over in a way which spoke to him where he is as opposed to saying, let's continue with the, gener- the model of the previous generations, which is clearly not working anymore for the generation. And that's what the B.S. will tell us next time is, okay, so what is the Yitzah?